And, you know, there are a lot of concerns about bathrooms and specifically in the state of North Carolina. But it goes deeper than this. The Justice Department yesterday sued the state in North Carolina over that state's new bathroom law after the governor refused to back down. Well, our attorney general got into the the fray, obviously, as the head of the Justice Department, as the AG, and this is what she had to say. Here is our attorney general, Loretta Lynch, denouncing the bathroom bill in the state of North Carolina. About a great deal more than bathrooms. This is about the dignity and the respect that we accord our fellow citizens and the laws that we as a people and as a country have enacted to protect them, indeed to protect all of us. And it's about the founding ideals that have led this country, haltingly but inexorably, in the direction of fairness, inclusion, and equality for all Americans. This is not the first time that we have seen discriminatory responses to historic moments of progress for our nation. We saw it in the Jim Crow laws that followed the Emancipation Proclamation. We saw it in the fierce and widespread resistance to Brown v. Board of Education. And we saw it in the proliferation of state bans on same-sex unions that were intended to stifle any hope that gay and lesbian Americans might one day be afforded the right to marry. And that right, of course, is now recognized as a guarantee embedded in our Constitution. And in the wake of that historic triumph, we have seen bill after bill in state after state taking aim at the LGBT community. Now, some of these responses reflect a recognizably human fear of the unknown and a discomfort with the uncertainty of change. But this is not a time to act out of fear. This is a time to summon our national virtues of inclusivity, of diversity, of compassion and open-mindedness. And what we must not do, what we must never do, is turn on our neighbors, our family members, our fellow Americans for something that they cannot control and deny what makes them human. And this is why none of us can stand by when a state enters the business of legislating identity and insists that a person pretend to be something or someone that they are not, or invents a problem that does not exist as a pretext for discrimination and harassment. Now, I told you the governor refused uh, to back down. You just heard Attorney General Loretta Lynch talking about the law requiring transgender people to use public restrooms corresponding to the gender on their birth certificate amounts to state-sponsored discrimination. By the way, this one will go all the way to the Supreme Court. So what does the guy who doesn't want to and isn't going to back down have to say? Here's Governor Pat McCrory defending the bathroom law in his state of North Carolina, take two. We asked on Friday the Department of Justice for additional time. In fact, we asked for an additional two weeks. But they refused unless I made a statement where I would publicly agree with their interpretation of federal law. And if I did, they would give me one additional week to respond. I could not agree to that because I do not agree with their interpretation of federal law. That is why this morning I have asked a federal court to clarify what the law actually is. Now, I anticipate our own legislature, other private sector entities from throughout the United States, and possibly other states to join us in seeking this clarification. Because this is not just a North Carolina issue. This is now a national issue, 
and an issue which imposes new law on every private sector employer throughout the United States of America with over 15 employees. We believe a court, rather than a federal agency, should tell our state, our nation, and employers across the country what the law requires. Well, you've heard from the Attorney General suing that state and then the governor of that state, and we're going to hear from you, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. But let's talk more about that. There are billions of dollars in federal aid for the state of North Carolina, a potentially landmark decision regarding the reach of our own civil rights laws are at stake in this dispute. Last week, the Department of Justice said the law amounts to illegal sex discrimination, and you heard just now the audio from Attorney General Loretta Lynch. And that gave, up until yesterday, the governor who you just heard from, a Republican in the state of North Carolina, Pat McCrory, until yesterday, to say he would refuse to enforce it, and he whined about, as you just heard, only having three days to respond. Now, when the deadline arrived, a very defiant Governor McCrory instead sued the federal government, arguing that the state law is a common-sense privacy policy and that the DOJ's position is baseless and blatant overreach. Managing to respond, later in the day, the GOP leaders of North Carolina's legislature said they had sued the Department of Justice, too. Um, That may not be good in November, being copycats. Now, the governor is up for re-election in November. And he has accused the Obama administration of unilaterally rewriting federal civil rights law to protect transgender people's access to bathrooms, locker rooms and showers, not just in North Carolina, but nationwide. He said, quote, this is not a North Carolina issue. It is now a national issue. And by the way, isn't that convenient in an election campaign year? And you heard the attorney general. Attorney General Loretta Lynch, who is from North Carolina, by the way, said this is about the dignity and the respect that we accord our fellow citizens. It's about the founding ideals that have led this country haltingly, but inexorably in the direction of fairness, exclusion and equality for all Americans. Department of Justice, we told you they struck back. They sued the state. So it's like you sue me, I'll sue you. They sought a court order declaring the law discriminatory and unenforceable. And the AG also said the department uh, retains the option of curtailing federal funding to the state over the issue. It has not done that yet, by the way, and many people find that interesting. Defenders of the law have argued that it's needed to safeguard people's privacy and protect them from being molested in bathrooms. Um, uh, And there was no uh, ability to cite any instances of such uh, molestation. Um, the governor uh, was on Fox News uh, Sunday. He could not give any examples. Uh, he, you know, he said that there were instances of molestation. Couldn't cite one. The attorney general said supporters of the law invented a problem that does not exist as a pretext for discrimination and harassment. Now, you've already heard that there is money that will be lost to the state of North Carolina, not necessarily even from the federal government, but in the private sector. Stars like Bruce Springsteen, Pearl Jam, they've canceled shows in North Carolina over this law. PayPal abandoned a planned 400-employee operation center. Deutsche Bank froze expansion plans. And nearly 200 corporate leaders from across the nation have urged the measure's repeal, arguing it's bad for business. It's not good for business, obviously. The law was passed in reaction to an ordinance in Charlotte that allowed transgender people to use the bathroom that corresponds to their gender identity. But it also excludes lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people from state anti-discrimination protection, and it bars local governments from adopting their own anti-bias measures. Now, North Carolina's Attorney General, who is a Democrat, Roy Cooper, and he's running against McCrory for governor, he's refused to defend the law. 
He's called for its repeal, and yesterday he warned in a video that Governor McCrory, quote, is pouring gas on the fire that he lit when he signed the measure, and he's having a fine old time with it. Both of them are. Before I ask you some questions, I don't live in North Carolina. Never have, and I visited there. Beautiful state, a lot of beautiful people. But North Carolina has a lot of problems. It has money problems, teen pregnancy problems, high school dropout rate problems, high unemployment problems, crime problems, problems that many states in our nation have. Who's using what bathroom is not and should not be one of them, in my opinion. Now, some people say, well, Leslie, you don't live there. Well, let me speak to a different part of this issue. There are people out there who are concerned that men will dress as women and will harm women, that men will dress as women and will harm women, as if that hasn't already occurred to a predator. And there are also those that are concerned about their children. Well, I am a woman. I do use women's bathroom, and I am the mother of a eight-year-old girl and soon-to-be a nine-year-old boy. So I can speak to that area of these areas of this issue. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and say the first time I ever saw a man dressed as a woman, I didn't look once, twice, maybe three times, like most of you, admit it, and say to yourself, what is that? Or, isn't that a guy wearing a dress? And was I completely comfortable with it at first? No. But then when we learn that sometimes there are chromosomal abnormalities and that these people have deep-seated identity issues and identify as a different gender than they were born. When you start to be educated and informed and knowledgeable on the area and meet some of these individuals and hear about their struggle, it puts that, what is that, aside. Now, the issue of restrooms. I'm going to be very frank, and this is not the most lovely thing to hear. Kids shouldn't be listening, okay? I live in Los Angeles, California. I live in a nice area of Los Angeles, California. I work very hard, and every throughout my life, even when I didn't make decent money, and not that I make tons of money, but I certainly make more than I did 20 years ago, I've always used a lot of my paycheck to pay for where I live. Some people have nice cars, some people have nice jewelry, some people have nice clothes. I've always wanted to live in a safe neighborhood because I got married later in life, and I lived throughout the country, and I'd moved to cities, and I didn't know anybody. And I felt safer that way, and my family felt safer about me being so far away. I've taken my kids to a park where I've walked into the restroom, and a woman was performing oral sex on a man in broad daylight in a nice area of Los Angeles. The other day I was at Target, and there was a woman completely naked in Target, showering her body. She was homeless. She was strung out on drugs. It was not something pretty to see. I've seen people defecate outside the bathroom door at the supermarket. And we had to be escorted out of our own bank because somebody had overdosed in the bathroom at the bank. None of these people were trying to molest my children. And these people did more harm to my children. And what my children saw, the ugly side of our society for some homeless, for some drugs, and for some just no common decency. A man dressed up like a woman is the least of my concern. The Justice Department sued North Carolina over the state's anti-LGBT law. They call the bills state-sponsored 
discrimination. Is it, in your opinion, state-sponsored discrimination, this law? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Attorney General Loretta Litch compared HB2 to America's Jim Crow laws where people of color were forced to use different bathrooms and drinking fountains than white people. Is this a fair comparison? 888-6-LESLIE, you're African-American. Is it a fair comparison? 888-6-LESLIE. Does the law need to be overturned? 8886-LESLIE. Billions of dollars in federal aid for North Carolina are at stake in this dispute with the DOJ. Would overturning HB2 be for the betterment of even the economy of North Carolina? And especially we've heard about the private sector, Bruce Springsteen, Pearl Jam, Deutsche Bank, PayPal, 8886-LESLIE, 8886-53743. Governor McCoy's up for re-election November 2016. Will HB2 cost him his seat? And if so, it is only a matter of time before this law is repealed, and perhaps Governor McCrory will be on the unemployment line. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Defenders of the HB2 law have argued that it's needed to safeguard people's privacy and protect them from being molested in bathrooms. Yet there is not anyone, there's no one, Governor McCrory or anybody else, has been able to cite a single instance of this ever happening. Is this just blatant hatred and discrimination on his part, 8886 Leslie? And is this ignorance yet again? Right? People, right? You know, you can't catch this, folks. 8886 Leslie, 888-653-7543. And McCrory calls the DOJ's lawsuit, DOJ's lawsuit a baseless, a baseless, excuse me, and blatant overreach. Isn't that a better description of HB2 than the lawsuit that the DOJ has put toward the state of North Carolina? Has filed. 8886 Leslie, 888-653-7543. Call me, tweet me, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Talking about this right after the commercial break. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. The state of North Carolina suing the federal government. The federal government says we're going to sue you back. Department of Justice does just that and says that this HB2, the bathroom bill as they're calling it, is um, discriminatory. It's bigoted. And our Attorney General Loretta Lynch, who's an African-American woman and who's from the state of North Carolina, likens it to Jim Crow laws. What do you say? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's get to the calls. And we started out with Jessica in Charlotte, North Carolina, online one, listening to Progressive Voices. Hi, Jessica. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us. You're in the state of North Carolina. Uh, before you give us your opinion, is this like a topic of conversation every day? And, and do you feel that your state, at least where you are in Charlotte, is very divided over this? It's definitely a conversation that is going on every day right now, and Charlotte is really divided over this. Um, I was actually there during the non-discrimination ordinance vote whenever, you know, the thing that actually started all of this, and during that vote, there was so much hate and bigotry just everywhere as far as the people that were up there um, kind of going against or going supporting the non-discrimination ordinance to not be passed. They were pushing for it to not go through with the city council, and, I mean, they lost, but they were crazy. I mean, there was even one guy who declared himself a king and said that because um, because we can declare our genders legally and must be treated as though, then he is going to declare himself a king legally, and we must be treat, we must treat him as though. I mean, he had a, and a renaissance outfit and everything. So, I mean, the, the people are really ridiculous as far as this goes. The, the division is... Very harsh. 
Um, we're going to be taking a break in a minute, but I want you to be thinking about this. Is this split politically and how does that play religiously? Because there's a lot of religious folks in North Carolina, even Democrats, um, you know, who are religious. And, you know, we've seen this happen before. People are like, well, I'm Democrat, so I have a hard time with gay marriage, as an example. We'll be back with our caller and with you right after this. Pick up the phone and join us if you're holding. Jessica and Charlotte will be holding there in North Carolina on line one, and we'll come back to her listening on Progressive Voices. However you listen to us on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Progressive Voices, Indiana Tonks, Pittsburgh Talks, Houston Talks Radio, um, we just welcome you and invite you to call 8886-LESLIE or follow me on Twitter at Leslie Mar- I'll incorporate your tweets. We're talking about HB2, the lawsuit in North Carolina against the federal government and the federal government's, the Department of Justice's return suit that this might go to the Supreme Court. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. We are talking with Jessica in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're talking about something going on in that state. There's a lawsuit in that state toward the federal government and one back from the federal government to the state of North Carolina. There's a governor there up for re-election, a Republican um, who doesn't uh, you know, care and wants HB2. Our Attorney General, Loretta Lynch, an African-American woman from North Carolina, and I say that because I think an African-American woman can speak to Jim Crow laws much better than I white chick can, and she said that's what this likens to. We're talking with Jessica in Charlotte, North Carolina, on line one, listening to Progressive Voices, and Jessica said they're very divided there in Charlotte, where she lives in North Carolina, over this. It's a topic of conversation every day. Jessica, when we add the element of religion, is that what's going on here, or is it more political? I don't really think it's more religion. I think it's more political. I think that McCoy is really using this as like a wedge issue for his November election to kind of whip up his voters. I mean, it's a very cynical manipulation of his own supporters. And I mean, it's using their fear and ignorance against them. And I mean, yeah, there are some people who are religious and use that as their reasoning. But at the same time, it's only the ignorant ones. It's only the people who, you know, just are boastfully ignorant. And He's doing that right now, and he's whipping him up, but at the same time, he kind of has to. I mean, he has no charisma. He has, he's got nothing to really make him win the, sorry, win the vote. Um, but, I mean, as far as he gets in the office, he doesn't really do anything. He has all this talk, but whenever he's in office, he doesn't really do anything. I mean, he's like the Hillary Clinton of North Carolina. <laughs> All right. That, that, thank you, Jessica. Anything else before we let you go uh, there in Charlotte, North Carolina? Um, just to let you know, I have been on a bunch of different shows that are going nationally right now um, between NPR and uh, you know just a bunch of different independent shows and national shows. But make sure to check me out on Facebook for facebook.com slash the T-Spot U.S. Um, it's my social activism blog for trans issues. Um, not only that, but um, make sure to keep your eye out for a nonprofit that we're, you know, starting up to provide um, housing to homeless, trans, and at-risk trans youth and really, you know, help them get scholarships for school and stuff like that. All right. Thank, thank you, Jessica, uh, and uh, I hope folks uh, listen up to uh, that message. Hey, hey, listen, you know, I heard earlier today, too, we're going to continue taking your calls, and when we finish with the call, your cue to call through line available at 888-6-LESLIE. Um, I, you know, I heard um, actually a statement this morning. It was just a caller to, uh, I think it was a local NPR station here in Los Angeles when I was driving, and, uh, you know, b- basically they were like, look, here, here's what's going to happen. You know, everybody's worried about the people in the bathroom, but, you know, think about that transgender person person walking into a bathroom if a man walks into a woman's room with a dress on they might 
get a few looks. Maybe somebody will say something under their breath or even to their face. They walk into a men's room with a dress on. There could be violence or worse, right? I mean, think about it. So we're not just talking about, you know, the, the, the people in the bathroom. We're talking about those people entering the bathroom and their well-being as well. Let's, uh, let's go to Butch in Santa Fe, New Mexico, listening on Line 3, uh, listening on KTRC on Line 3, uh, on KTRC 1260 AM, our affiliate in Santa Fe. Butch, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Hey. Uh, I'm sorry. All the talk shows uh, are building up this fight. You know, Ali Frazier, uh, Quentin versus Bernie. I mean, the fact is, Norman Goldman is the only host on the progressive side that has explained all this legally. And I don't uh, remember the case uh, that he cited, but the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, which covers North Carolina, has already ruled on this issue. So the fact is, Pat McCrory is just posturing to get votes, looking like a tough guy, standing up to Obama and Loretta Lynch and all that. And... When you say this is guaranteed to go to the Supreme Court, that's somewhat misleading. Now, we know there's an empty seat on the Supreme Court, and something like this may not even go down 4-4. There are some halfway intelligent Republicans on the Supreme Court that don't buy into all these social issues. And it doesn't matter how many Pecker Woods or Crackers try to run North Carolina. Uh, the fact is that the issue's already been ruled upon. And even if the Supreme Court was deadlocked, it would go back to the Fourth Circuit's ruling, and it wouldn't even go that far. The district court judge, where Pat McCrory filed his suit, would have to honor the ruling of their superior court, uh, unless that judge is also another crazy Christian Peckerwood. And that's about the size of it. And he's the only host that dug beneath the surface and looked into the law and actually came up with the, the real answer. Well, you know, and, um, it's interesting, and I appreciate your call. Thank you for that. It's interesting, uh, you know, how you must have done a survey of every show, but you missed ours. Um, because I'm not a lawyer, and I don't pretend to be. I think Norman is. Uh, has That's how he does his talk show, and can afford to do it without a paycheck. He's a very, very wealthy lawyer in Beverly Hills, I believe. Uh, Google it if you don't believe me. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to give you a legal interpretation, you know, and just read something. We have legal experts like Mark Levine, who has a show in the hour before mine uh, on this network from 3 to 6 p.m. Um, here twice a week. And we've had Mark on with me and Mark and on his own show. And we've had other legal experts who have spoken um, to this very issue. Uh, so appreciate your comment, but sorry, you're not all that accurate we have talked about the legality we have talked about the uh, circuit court of appeals uh, we have talked about the supreme court and we have talked about this being politicized as we did earlier today uh so i don't know how much of the show even today you've been listening to uh, let's continue with the calls 888-6-LESLIE-888-653-7543 is uh, the number uh we go to lee in dallas online five uh lee uh good afternoon i understand that you have a simple solution to all of this am i correct well i do first i want to say that as a white guy i think it's deplorable that loretta lynch would equate this issue with Jim Crow. Why? I'm sorry, but transgender people were not enslaved for 250 years and then had another 100 years. And to diminish civil rights in that manner is insulting 
to the civil rights movement and to those who, who took their put their lives at great risk and, and their careers at risk fighting for the rights that African Americans have. So I found that absolutely cynical and disgusting and completely out of line. And I frankly think if a poll were taken, we would probably find that African Americans disproportionately disapprove of allowing transgender people into opposite sex uh, bathrooms or changing rooms. So I think for a, a number of reasons it was this conflation of everything with civil rights and Jim Crow is politically cynical and, and disgusting. In terms of the solution, I think it's quite simple. And by the way, most uh, times when courts rule on civil rights cases, one of the things that they look at is reasonableness and things like bona fide justifications or certain things that uh, might be considered discriminatory, but if there are bona fide legitimate reasons for those for those laws, uh, they have repeatedly been passed, even in cases involving ethnic minorities and African-Americans and women. So the solution to me is when we're dealing with bathrooms where there's other than with men, with women, there's rarely, if any, nudity involved. I think you you leave that as it is. But when you're dealing with locker rooms and changing rooms and public showers, very simple. If your equipment doesn't match, you don't get to go in. The equipment has to match the gender. And I think that's completely legitimate and reasonable. It protects people against having their privacy assaulted. It certainly yeah but, but let me ask let me ask, so, let me ask you let me ask you but let me let me ask you something lee let me ask you something how do you know what my equipment is and i say that because there are some people i have met there was one that was in a james bond film her name was tula the transvestite and she looked like a supermodel and i'm sorry but her vagina looked as natural as the one god gave me how, how do you know if Unless somebody is very obviously a man dressed as a woman. And by the way, there are some women who are extremely masculine looking. It's one of those, yes, like, no, wait, no, wait, no. wait, wait, wait. It's one of those, like, is she pregnant or is she fat? And, and the reason I say that is, how do you know when so, how do you know what is on my birth certificate, what's in my skirt or what's in my pants when I walk in a bathroom? And you certainly can't ask me to drop my bottoms. So, I mean, okay, I don't understand all, how any of I'm, this I'm, is enforceable. I'm not going with a birth certificate. I don't agree with that. I think that is a ridiculous standard. If someone has had an operation... No, 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 but still, even even then, I mean, uh, even then, you're a guy, okay? You're a guy, so it's a bit different. I've been in a men's room, you know, before, when I hated waiting in line at a stadium once. I've seen your urinals. I know what a men's room looks like. I walked in accidentally. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 okay? Listen, two things. One... I was just in New York last week. I was at a restaurant. They had one bathroom. Some places have one bathroom, and it said restroom, okay? And and there were men and women in line waiting for it. Wait, wait, Lee, we can't have a conversation if you don't shut your mouth ever. (laughs) God, this this is like talking to my husband. God, listen. As a woman, I am, I'm kind of amused that people are even talking about genitalia in the ladies' room. And ladies, you know what I'm talking about. We have stalls. For both, number one and number two, we don't have urinals. So when I'm in a stall, I'm fully protected in my own little room. As a matter of fact, it's probably bigger than some New York studio apartments. And, you know, I can't see the person next to me. I can see their shoes or their ankles, and then I see them at the sink if we're washing up or putting on our makeup. 
You know what I mean? Now, I would imagine if somebody's transgender and they're a woman who identifies as a man and dressed as a man and has not had the full Monty operation, they're not going to stand at urinal because that's going to be very difficult physically to urinate. They're going to have to go into the, the stall. Go ahead, Lee. Go ahead. Is Lee there? For the very reasons you outlined, I don't think we should have this requirement of gender proof. I think it goes by identity in a bathroom, okay? I'm talking about changing rooms, public showers, locker rooms. There, I think it should be whatever your current physical genitalia is determines where you have to go. All right, Lee. And and you know what? I would think, thank you for the call, and if anybody's transgender out there but hasn't had the full surgery, okay, um, I would love to hear from you as well. We're going to continue the calls. And I, because would you, because I'm thinking if I, I'm a woman, okay, but if I had a penis, I'm probably not going to go into the ladies room in a shower and, you know, or, or, or completely unrobed. There's a big difference between going into the stall at Target and peeing and then, you know, Going into uh, the showers or a spa and just, you know, letting it all hang out. Literally. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. We're back. Let's get back to the calls. And we go to Alexander in Northampton, Massachusetts, listening on WHMP 1400 AM our affiliate there out of Springfield, Massachusetts. Alexander, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for uh, taking my call. So um, a few things. Uh, first of all, I want to say I'm a transgender man. Um, so I was assigned female at birth. I identify as a man. I live as a man. I am a man. Um, so before, wait, there... before, before you go on, if you don't mind, because I want sure. people, I think people hear the words but don't understand the meaning of those words. Can you explain to somebody when they say you identify as a man, how early that started and, and how you knew that, how, how that came about for you? Oh, my God, that's, uh, that's really long and complicated. I think, um, you know, we, we have this common narrative in our culture that, you know, I always knew I was a man trapped in a woman's body and that sort of thing. And, and that's not always the case for everyone. You know, um, for me personally, I always knew there was something different about me. Um, as a young teenager, uh, the way that that presented itself was that I must be gay because I was attracted to women and everybody told me I was a woman and so I must be gay. Um, and it wasn't really until I met some trans people and was exposed more um, to the trans community that it occurred to me that, oh, maybe that's the thing that's different about me. Um, so it, it wasn't one of those things, you know, we have this very stereotypical narrative that people know from the time they're, they're you know, they can speak, which is true for some folks and, and not always for others. But so there are some people like, as far as I know right now, Caitlyn Jenner, who, sure. when she was Bruce, was with women, but claims that she's not a lesbian and is still attracted to women, even though she is a woman and identifies as a woman, Correct. Well, and, and I think that's a thing that's hard for people to wrap their minds around. Like, your gender identity is not the same thing as your sexual orientation. Um, you know, so, for instance, my primary attraction has always been to women. 
um, when people saw me in the world as a female, that meant that I was a lesbian. Um, now that people see me as a man in the world, they see me as a straight man, um, which is a little odd for me. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, but the, the thing that I see happening with this law, that I, there are two things. Um, one is these types of laws always disproportionately affect transgender women. Okay, no one ever thinks about transgender men. And and what I mean by that is this law is saying that because my birth certificate says female, because I can't get my birth certificate changed, that I should be using the women's bathroom in North Carolina. Now, the arrogance of this law, I think, is really apparent because my state ID indicates that I'm male, and the gold standard of identification in this country is a passport, and my passport indicates that I am male. Now, if I were to walk down, if you were to walk into my office, uh, the studio right now, or I were to walk down the street, would I and other people say that's a guy? Yes. So I, I, I have what a lot of people in the community refer to as passing privilege. And what that means is that on a regular, everyday basis in your interactions, that people aren't looking at me and going, hmm, is that a guy? Is that a woman? Okay, so you, okay, so you pass. So can I ask you something if it's not too personal? Why not do the full sure. Monty? Is it a cost thing? Is it a painful thing? I mean, if you identify as a man, don't you want to be a man in every sense of the word? Um, you know, it's been a complicated thing for me. Um, some of it for me is financial. Um, most insurance companies do not cover this type of surgery. It is very expensive. Um, the other thing is, you know, there, there are several surgical options available for transgender men. For me personally, um, I don't find any of those options idealist or they're not ideal enough for me to invest the multiple surgeries and the thousands and thousands of dollars it would cost um and you know the reality is on a day-to-day basis you don't know what's in my pants the only the only people who know that is my wife and my doctor um and beyond that you know who's gonna know um The thing I think that's really interesting with this law, though, is they're looking at trans women and they're they're whipping up this fear. But what do you think happens when a transgender man with passing privilege, who is seen as a man in the world, is told, you have to use the women's bathroom? (laughs) Again, like I said, it has, I think, just as much, if not greater impact for the person walking in the door, the transgender person, that this, you know, this issue is about uh, more so than the people who are like, well, what about the women in the bathroom? What about the children in the bathroom? How does that mean? How does that make you feel that people have all of a sudden, you know, placed you in a level of our category of a predator? Well, you know, it's not a surprise. Um, there's been conversation for a long time that um, a lot of, of groups uh, in the LGBT community really focus their full efforts behind marriage equality um, and kind of push transgender rights to the side and said, once we get this, we'll, we'll come back and we'll help you. And to be fair, most of those organizations have. They are standing with the trans community. They are working on local initiatives, et cetera. Um, but the conversation that was happening was 
once marriage equality happens, once the Supreme Court speaks, who's the next target in line? Who's the next vulnerable portion of the population that it's still okay to pick on, right? Um, it's not okay to fire someone for being gay. Or it's not okay to say you can't get well, that, That's interesting. I think Muslims would say stand in line behind them. Uh, but I thank you for your call. I'm sorry I've run out of time in the show, and I'm sorry not everybody got to their comments. I wanted to give some people some time, especially this gentleman here, because he's got uh, personal firsthand knowledge experience that I don't in this issue. I'm Leslie Marshall. I hope you'll join us tomorrow on Monday on Hump Day right here on the only true democracy in talk radio. Thank you to Mark and Andrew.